I mean, just seeing your, you guys dance moves, like, I, I just explained so much about us, like... <laughs> so cool, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, welcome everyone to Catching Out, um, and one of the four episodes that will be in your YouTube uh, subscription box, uh, or in your timeline for Spotify, etc. I don't know, downloads, whatever you call it. Um, your RSS feed, that'll be what it is for, for podcasts. Um, about the European Championships that happened in Ozieck, uh in October. Um, yes, we are a month late, um, but that's because it's stylishly late. Um, <laughs> we arrived in style. Exactly. <laughs> We've taken our time to study the ins and out of dodgeball, so you don't have to. <laughs> we have um, only just Yeah, and definitely we have watched all the games. Um, yeah. Save the best to last. Exactly. Um, <laughs> speaking of that. which, uh, whenever you're watching this, or in whichever order you're watching this, um, this is the uh, AOB, any other business uh, podcast for uh, the European Dodgeball Championship. So we'll be discussing things that happened off court, uh, some things that potentially happened on court, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get right into it. Um, right, after that absolutely horrific edit... Um, Nick had to deal with the fact that he brought up something that wasn't in the agenda um, and had to ask if we were going to cover it or not. Um, and, I, and you'll find out. So, yes, AOB, any other business. Um, we do have a list of topics to get through. Um, and this is just general things that uh, between myself and Zoe while we were there and Colin, you were watching that we've sort of discussed and we think are worth talking I'm about. Also <laughs> yeah. I was just like, right, okay, I'm going to get kicked out of this already. <laughs> Yeah, um, there is like um, like a level of participation expected with this podcast, and you know you just got to keep it there, otherwise you're out, mate. Um, that, <laughs> that long queue of people who want in on this podcast is so imaginary. There is definitely um, a few people that would just like kick me out in a heartbeat just to get on this, you know. I, I you're uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Gingers yeah. have souls. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we do have a bit of an agenda that we're going to go through. Um, so any other thoughts uh, of the you know Euros in general, feel free to comment, message us, let us know your thoughts. Um, we'd love to hear them. And I'm sure we'll do a Q&A on the uh, general catching out at some point. Just like send in your messages and we'll we'll probably reply or reply to you or share them or whatever. Um, but yes, I guess I want to preface this by saying, generally speaking, fantastic Euros. Really well run. Um, great to see so many teams, uh, so many countries involved. Um, the dodgeball level was incredible throughout. And uh, great to see so many new teams getting stuck in. Um, I think there was a general really big effort in um, honesty that happened um, in, in many cases uh, with a lot of changes there. There were a few things that I know EDF were trying to implement uh, given where people were coming from from Worlds um, and what happened at Worlds. So generally things to live and learn from. Um, so yeah, uh, let, that's that, that's how I want to start. Um, just give thanks to, to everyone that, that, that participated and just say, fantastic euros um on that note i don't really know a segue onto the next topic so i'm just gonna ask if anyone else was gonna say anything and then we'll get stuck in no i come here not to speak cool 
What is this pod's house, honestly? <laughs> Go on, Nick. Next oh topic. god. Uh, right. So next topic: volunteers. Um, there were volunteers. Next topic. Um, <laughs> some of those volunteers were. Ooh. Um, the media side of things. I mean, okay, the volunteers in general. There were um, two. I guess two different group. You categorize them two different groups of volunteers. There were EDF volunteers and there were Croatian volunteers, right? Yes. Yes. I don't really know what to comment on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't say that was 100% planned. Um, but yeah, two different groups of volunteers and like a huge amount of work from volunteers in general. I think that's one of the things that often gets forget, forgets, forgotten, forgotten. It's only quarter to 11, we're fine. Um. <laughs> forgotten is that like EDF isn't for profit at all and so so much of it it's not just not for profit but also like there's no money in it because it's dodgeball so so much of it has to come from like volunteer work and volunteer hours and if not volunteer hours then very poorly like there are some people who get remunerated in the in the way of like they get accommodation and travel that's what the refs got for example but that's it basically so it's Compared to other systems where, you know, there are certain leagues in Europe and outside of Europe that pay for their refs and stuff, that's not the level that we're at yet. There's just not enough money in the system. Um, and so the only reason that we have European championships at all is because there are people that are willing to give their time and people that are passionate enough about the sport that they're willing to spend, you know, four days, which by nature means you are taking some time off of work to go and do this, um, which is huge. And it's a, it's a massive part of the community it's, it's such an important part of the, the sport yeah i definitely agree like the the volunteers that were there so um the all the edf volunteers um or, like just to see oh wow great job um all, all the effort that went <laughs> that went into that uh from the from the refing to um the, the photographers, videographers, uh, to some of the main organisers themselves, <coughs> Zoe, um, that, that put an incredible amount of effort into uh, to make this happen. Um, shout them out. Like, Zoe, uh, Max, uh, Matteo, any others you want to shout out? Like, they're off the top of my head, I know. The, um, the entire organising committee for, like... Because, obviously, I think Max, Matteo, um, and I all kind of get certain amount of like visibility and i think pierre as well in that but like there are there's there's other heads involved in it like tomorrow does a huge amount of work with development which obviously doesn't overlap that much with euros but so important like you wouldn't see this level of growth within euros if it weren't for the amount of work that tomorrow puts in behind the scenes and shun and ben both put in like work beyond like before before euros happens basically shun especially like you wouldn't be able to get teams at euros if it weren't for the amount of work that he puts in with like checking that people are allowed to be euros from a national point of view so like there's there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes and i think it's it's hard to really like unless you've you've organized a competition any level of competition really in dodgeball it's hard to picture the amount of work that goes into any dodgeball competition never mind this level where it's so many different countries so many different needs from different countries and different levels of communication different levels of setup different financial levels like all that kind of stuff it's insane the number of different things that to be kind of handled and it's not just handled by edf it's handled by the nations themselves so there's 
so much work then that goes on from the people that lead those nations and it's just this huge network of people who are all putting in a large amount of time of their own free will like their own it's it's not money that they're getting for it i don't think anyone's really being paid to put in the work that they do for for dodgeball and if anyone is it's it's definitely not enough like i don't think anyone could be being paid properly for this it's so much work um and it's really impressive and kudos to to everyone who manages to get it to come together yeah massive massive respect to that and um i just want to say about the the from what I saw of the Croatian volunteers, um, those that helped with, um, you know, making sure that the things were organised in terms of uh, setting up the stalls that are outside, it won't appear on the stream, but uh, in the hallways there were stalls um, set up for, you know, buying um, merchandise, uh, organising the lunches. Um, f- you know, I was very pessimistic going into it, I'm not going to lie, about when we heard about the organised lunches. Um, you know, from what I understand, was relatively well organized. They obviously had a few teething issues on the first day, but in terms of, you know, there was the f- plenty of food there and, um, you know, they tried to get it to the right people was really good to see, really good effort from that uh, from that part. Um, the amount of dodgeballs they sold, like the fact that the only dodgeball I was able to buy was the, uh, when life gives you do- uh, balls, play dodgeball. Um, I had to ask very kindly for one of these to be sent over. Um, like they were so nice about it so they were they were absolutely lovely like so so lovely um about sending sending it over um because i really wanted one like an official match ball um that was this was this one's new so it wasn't actually played with but um yeah like it just great effort um and it was good to see i think it's just generally nice to see like countries take euro setup really seriously um, and they really wanted to try and put on a really good show. The sports hall was fantastic for the occasion. Um, the two, the fact that you had two halls, um, plenty of seating, plenty of space, um, just really great venue from that perspective as well. Um, plenty of changing rooms, like an insane number of changing rooms. I think. Given they were, is this the new toilet thing it, from last the, year? The, yeah, I mean, that, last year, last year it was toilet. <laughs> this year, like the the first thing that someone said to me as I walked in, maybe I've got a reputation for it now, was media's uh, changing room is down here on the right, and I got escorted to it as they were putting up the note to say EDF media changing room here, and I was like, and it was media and referees, so we were lumped in with the referees, but um, disgraceful. I know, absolutely terrible. <laughs> Uh, to, to you know, to think that we media personnel could have any influence. Oh, no, we can't. <laughs> people do. Yeah. Um, not that we had like much to change to, because we had like Asia, which was. Um, was to be fair, that, that was also, <laughs> that was also really good. There were um, different media shirts um, that were available. There were the referee shirts, which was really great to see. So the organisation that went into that for the volunteers as well, awesome to see. Um, so yeah, just like from a volunteer's perspective, really big thanks to everyone involved, whether you were volunteering for your nation and helping out um, by traveling and just being support for your team, whether you were there to watch, whether you were there to be a photographer for your team, whether you were helping out for EDF um, or whether you were one of the Croatian locals helping out. I know it was really great to see that there was a whole bunch of Croatians that turned out for one of their matches, um, after, like must have been after work or whatever um, in the evening. Just, yeah, fantastic to see. Um, but yeah. Shout out to the chat moderators, Colin. Yes, more. Uh... There he is. There he is. Uh, <laughs> get the right Stop. Um Don't. You, well, I rescued the euros. Stop it. 
leave you alone. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh, my God. Like, Without you, I'll, I'll take wouldn't... the cash prize. <laughs> <laughs> Without you, no one would know what the line is that they can't cross when it comes oh. to moderation on the US chat. No. I only but, had um... to tell one person to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, really, um, really good. Um, but yeah, so I guess on to uh, like what some of the volunteers did. Um, media side, Zoe, I mean, you're in a perfect place to talk about it as uh, head of media. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. No media side of things. Huge, huge effort. I mean, the media head of media role is completely new. There's been a couple new positions that have been made by EDF, and that's good because it means that we finally got someone who can put their full attention onto media. Whereas I think we were just stretched a little bit thin. So it meant that, like, I managed to get a team of something absurd, like twenty different volunteers. Um, involved in the media side of things there um, and that covered commentating so we had two different commentator courts which I don't think we've had that before, I think the Scottish the Scot- the Scottish Euros did, yeah. had a good set yeah. um, but like we haven't had that the last few years it's not something that we regularly have and it's kind of a sign of where we want to move to is having more and more commentator courts um, and just kind of training a lot of commentators, that was the good thing about the setup was we had Port one, which had the same three commentators in rotation, so three commentators that we knew, we trusted, we were like, this this works. Um, and then the other court was anyone who wanted to do it, and who I didn't actively have a reason to not let on the court, um, basically, uh, was, was put on that court to commentate. And so it meant that we got lots of different people that we tried out, and so hopefully... That means for future competitions, and I've already started to use this, um, we've got a list now of people who we've tried and tested as commentators that we can use um, going forward. And so that should be really useful for for the next few years, because uh, that's not really something we've had before. Um, so that was great. And then we also had all the people doing photos and videos, which, again, not something we've had before. I really struggled in the last year because we don't have a lot of, I don't know. If you guys have really come across this as a problem, I feel like most people who've tried to do videos in Dodgeball have noticed this. There's not much good ground level footage of Dodgeball oh, out yeah. there. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a lot of like a GoPro set up 50 meters back kind of footage, and you're like, right, but that's not really exciting to watch. Like, you can't make a hype video based on that. Um, so, one of the, the key things that we were doing in this Euros was collecting a lot of footage because that means for the next year and for world champs next year, then we now have footage that we can use to like make a lot more advertising materials because we were very limited this time around. Yeah, um, so that's huge, 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 huge. And that's also going to be shared with like basically any other people who want to use it for their own projects. If there's people listening right now who who you know have an idea for a project that they want to do with Dodgeball related, but they, they don't really have sort of B-roll footage that they need to fill it out, then that that footage library is available for you so you just need to request it through edf um there's a little form on the website um but yeah like same with the photo library there's there's basically building up resources that we've never had before which is so good and so useful and so this is like foundation year i think that's this tricky one to explain to people is like yes the media looked really good this year the media is going to look exceptionally good in two years time because this was the year where we were gathering things so it looked pretty damn good like the the live stream was amazing yeah um, it was a really good job. everything else i think was a little bit we're still just sort of building our, our background and in the run-up to euros i think things could have been better but we just didn't have the materials for it whereas like now we've got stuff we've got this fantastic library of resources and so hopefully 
for Ireland and for for Austria next year, then it should be insanely good by comparison. Um, yeah, just just to give my two senses, I was the one that was watching the live streams the most out of yes. us three. Um, it was a really good setup, honestly. Um, I think there was only like one mishap of like missing a set um for one of the matches where like i think the referees were talking for so long they just assumed it was over and switched to the the waiting screen um but like the rest of it it was really good setup the cameras were set up perfectly the commentators did a really good job um especially on the the main court um i thought greg wilkie and emily done a really really good job between the three of them um on court four the i watched a few matches on that and the commentators all done a really good job nobody was really out of place um and it was yeah as as somebody who tried to watch as much as possible during work hours um uh, it, it was actually a really really nice setup and it's especially nice having all the footage there uh, once it got released again <laughs> it's it's a really good thing to go back on um yeah i definitely really excited to see how it goes forward from there because it's set a good standard this time around yeah no, it's it's. I mean, the amount of work that Max and um, Raf put in behind the scenes to get that live stream set up to be the level it was, and it kind of ramped up over the weekend as well. So that was really good, kind of testing exactly how much stress we could put on the the setup and how much stress we could put on the internet specifically, um, and just kind of seeing that growing to the point that it got to on the Sunday, where you know we had we had graphics for all the teams that were in the finals, and we had yeah, all these different cool. like cameras that were set up everywhere it's it's a huge amount of effort from on from so the uh oh sorry go ahead no no it's done go for i it. was gonna say the uh the mics on the referees and the austrian mm. coaches i love that touch and shout out to i can't i can't remember i remember anna was one of them but there was two other people um from austria and even lottie was helping out a bit with the translation of the austrian coaches uh, it was a really nice touch um i i loved it i think it's class i would love I'd love to see more little stuff like that because um, I watch a football team called Hashtag United who they record like their coaches during games and stuff like that. And it's so cool to get an insight into like the middle of a game, how teams are reacting to it. Obviously, I know why teams might not want their coaches to be mic'd up and stuff like that. I get it. But it, it was such a really nice touch. Um, I'd, I'd love to see more of that, especially on the referees. That That was really, really helpful for some of the more clutch moments. Um, during the game was to understand what their logic is because obviously they can't see the replays it's really interesting to hear like a, a few different opinions from the referees and how things were seen and it makes stuff as the viewer a lot clearer i think it's, it's really useful to kind of test that stuff out in like it sounds counterintuitive to refer to this euros as a smaller event because it is quite literally the largest dodgeball event that's ever happened but next year world champs international be, so, dodgeball event yeah international dodgeball Mm. Um, like <laughs> facing nations, it's the the largest international dodgeball event that's ever happened yeah. was this Euros. But next World Champs is gonna like eclipse that, I would imagine, because I can't think of many European nations that went this year to Euros that won't want to sign down for World Champs. Um, and then we obviously get the inclusion of you know all those North American countries and uh, sort of Australia, New Zealand, and hopefully some of the African nations as well. All those sort of the classics of Asian nations. Like, there's so many people that could come to that mm. World Champs. It's going to be insanely big. And so to get the chance to kind of test that setup initially, and it will be some of the same people, I think, uh, you know, sort of working behind the scenes, I imagine, since 
since Raff and Max are Austrian. Um, so like it will be a similar kind of group of people that are working on it. So there's a, an element there of like testing the ground, testing not only the tech, but also how comfortable the community is with it and how comfortable referees are with that setup, whether or not it's something that they would be okay with in a World Champs setup. And basically kind of giving nations the chance to complain about it now so that, that way if it's something that people don't want for World Champs, then we can deal with that now. But in general, the, the reaction to it has been entirely positive. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a similar kind of setup for some of the days of World Champs. Other thing I want to shout out, the slow-mo camera on Court 1 was sick. <laughs> that was really, really cool touch. I, that, I love that. that. I, I kicked out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, having, I kicked out and all of that. It was class. Having organised replays from different camera angles is something I've dreamt of for dodgeball yeah, for so I'm long. Sad. Like, just being able to see a hit from, or like a dodge from a different angle, um, mm. or to see like where, you know, people are aiming from. The Like the it's not even a criticism, but it's like the only thing that I'd like. I'd like to see is you know how, it, it, like, to me, filming a dodgeball court is like filming a tennis court. Is you want an overview so you can see what's happening, and then you want to have ground level to get those like those action shots at the side of like you know get the feel of like you're saying that ground action you know video is to like get the idea of like where are people looking, how are they throw- selling the fakes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like honestly just so cool to see organized replays get through that quickly like someone with dodgeball knowledge understanding this was a cool clip let's go back to that let's show this and and, you know rolling them up real quick was just so awesome to see um and i'm just going back to the volunteers just just briefly um when you were mentioning about the uh, the commentators on the um on on court Court four Yeah, I just like um, big shout out to uh, Alex Benbridge and Dave Poole for stepping up when there was a referee short uh, to be able to be there to help out, make sure there was an extra referee um, on hand uh, and they rotated through and and shared the responsibility uh, just to make sure that the, you know, these games can go ahead. And and, um, yeah, just wanted to share that out because that's that's really good to see. Um, but yeah, back to... it very funny to see Bevers show up to a competition with full intent to just watch nope. it and not just participate watch. in any way. And within 30 minutes, he had a refereeing shirt on. Yeah, he, he does that so often. It's incredible. It was, it was I love I love the man's commitment. He cannot be knocked ever. He's <laughs> absolute great, great guy, great guy. Very much appreciate for all he does um, for sport. But um, yeah, um, as well for the media side, I was going to say something that's completely gone out of my mind, um, which is really nice. nice. Like just completely <laughs> gone, absolutely sailed away. You were you were talking about the ground level cameras. Is anything to do with that? Yeah, no, it wasn't anything to do with that. It was like back on. I tried. Back on. <laughs> yeah, no. The level commentators. Oh no, it was about the it was about the uh, the mics. Um, like just a thought in terms of like because um, mics on like on coaches or, or whatever like. Um, one sport that I think does this really well is NFL, just because they don't allow things to be done during the gameplay, but they record it so you've got highlights afterwards that you can say here are the funny bloopers of what's happened. Um, and I think that would be like great for like media in the future, being able to like just say, okay, we've not shown like you know what coaches' calls are and the team huddle are like or whatever, but um, you know 
reactions to someone making a really sick catch or um like when someone throws away the fourth ball and you're just like what are you doing like just some of those things would be just very very funny to listen to but um i think the referee mics are also a really good thing i think for, you know having refereed myself i feel like it's stressful like you know trying to think of the right words to say and use the right terminology is difficult um and having watched the rugby world cup i know there's like little things on terminology that you know um that that you get caught up on um but i think if we embed it now and people get used to it and the volunteers get used to it and we've got the community that supports it uh, i think that there'll be plenty of support for the referees to get used to it in the, in the future so i think it'll be great great to see going forward yeah i think that's the thing right like any time that there's a change in a setup even if it's a change that's overall for the positive it takes a little bit of adjustment time so using this euros as that kind of initial introduction of something and then now we've got a whole year to adjust mentally to it then hopefully it means by next year by the time that we have the big boy then it'll be uh it'll be very kind of embedded in the community and, and expected yeah no it'd be, it'd be really good um on to the next point in the agenda i just wanted to talk about um the croatian setup and also the trophies I think like it cannot be understated how awesome it is, the trophies that we've got and what happened this year. So I think in the past, correct me if I'm wrong, Zoe, uh, it's been on the nation hosting to get trophies organised for the event um, as well as medals or you know the participation or positioning. Um, certificates. Certificates. Um, but this year we saw some incredibly huge trophies from the Croatians. Like absolutely massive um like yeah huge um but also some awesome trophies from edf that will be yeah. uh passed around every year now engraved with the winners for for each year which uh i love like i think i'm not sure if we've talked about it on the podcast before or not but like i want this for like national league and stuff like that in in, in bd like this i know we've got a shield but like a shield is not a trophy. I don't like shields as a trophy. Something that is recognisably as this is the trophy you are fighting for and your name is on it versus a plank of wood with the name on. Like, you know, it's just it's just very different. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it's awesome that we've got got trophies that we will be fighting for every year as nations. Yeah, it's, it's, awesome. it's, nice, it's a nice touch. It's a really nice touch. Yeah, no, 100%. And like really good that EDF managed to well I say EDF really good that Max managed to get a um a trophy sponsor to join in on that so that's that's kind of no set in stone now because, yeah so those those trophies were provided by a sponsor which I think the only way you can really tell that well is because there's like a couple posts that we had to make that were very much name checking them so it's it's a, a specific sponsor that that gave us those or that's got cool. us those trophies which is part of the reason why it was possible. Um, and that's really good in itself as well. Like I think we've talked about this before, maybe not necessarily on the podcast, but it's important to get to the point where we can like professionalize the sport a little bit and not have everything being paid out of the pockets of players. And 100%. so to have sponsors for things, obviously we we had sponsors for this Euros, we had sponsors for previous Euros, but like having sponsors for things beyond just the specific event, and in this case having it for the trophies is like really good. That's that's another step absolutely massive um and i think it's great for the like it's not it's not that there isn't incentive enough already to do well at euros but like to have a recognizable trophy that you're you know you're going for i think is 
it helps also with media just like having a picture saying this is what we're fighting for this is what's up for grabs um you know everyone knows iconic cups around the world like the what the rugby world cup the football world cup um you know the open claret jug you know wimbledon trophy all these kind of things we're not there yet but like at least we have a trophy we have something that is clearly you know every year you're fighting for which i just yeah just i, just, I think it's awesome um agreed but yeah that's that's all i really had for that um do we want to go I mean, on to in the general next? the creation setup as a whole i would say was just so impressive with the, yeah. the pools i think they're just I, I yeah i can't really give them credit enough because i think there was mixed expectations for them as a pretty small dodgeballing nation very small dodgeballing nation that's kind of struggled in the last few years i think struggled after covid um there was potentially questions about like how i don't know how reliable they would be with this competition because how can you stage euros if you couldn't even put in like a mixed and women's team last year's um and like they knocked it out of the park like it was really really well organized it was a fantastic venue and like they they did a very very good amount of work especially when you consider the size of their national organization it's it's an immense amount of effort from essentially certain key players that just care a lot um so that's yeah massive from them i think that really came across while i was there the absolute effort and um how much it means to them that they were showing showing off Croatian dodgeball and um, you know showing off you know the, the pride in it like just really it was really good to see um, and I don't know just like it's it's that extra level that makes it feel less like a voluntary type thing of like oh we're doing like it's the no 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 we want we want to host it because we want to show why you know, why we like dodgeball, how we run things here and the, you know, the, the facilities we have, like, I think it was really good to see, um, you know, I know Ozziek is one of the bigger clubs in, in Croatia, but, um, yeah, just, it, it was awesome. Um, yeah, I so really, really well set up. So many changing rooms, so many changing rooms. Unbelievable. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, is that, is that everything for that, that, that point? Anything else you want to make? Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah onto the gala um so yeah i i guess the the thing we want to talk about the gala um from my perspective is i think there was a bit of a question beforehand about what was going to happen with how galas are going to be run going forward because um when when i came to the dracton gala i was able to get in because i was there with wales and i know some people were able to get in because they bought tickets by contacting um the the dutch and asking for a ticket and saying if they were willing to pay could they get in similarly i think a similar ish thing happened um with the Cro- uh, croatians this time although in general it was if you can try and get it through your national um team that would be the way to do it but um i guess just a general point of discussion like what are people's thoughts on what's the purpose of the gala is it a place for players to relax and and celebrate afterwards or is it a place for the community to get together and party after a really big uh, big event in general. <laughs> amazing, amazing oh. thoughts. Yeah, it's 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 a difficult one. Like yeah. you can see both points of it, right? There's people that travel over to cheer and support their teams, and you know, celebrate with them afterwards. You know, a job well done and a great tournament. 
but there's also the point of view where you know the it, it's an event for the players and the organizers to also um enjoy it so i yeah to be honest i don't i don't think there is a, a correct 100 correct answer to that i think the like nice neutral middle ground answer would be like oh why don't we have it be a closed event just for players for a few hours and then open it up to anyone who wants to go and that's what they did in edmonton at the world champs and i wouldn't say that that was necessarily the example that we want to follow as far as like the you know the, the perfect after party i would say that that event had a few flaws that would need to be ironed out um and some of them could arguably be put down to that structure so i think it's it's a big question and i don't think it's one i would have an answer for um i'm excited to find out from the people who do need like there will be people who are asked that question as we're gonna get to um but like i i'm excited to see what they come out with because i i don't think there's a single correct answer i think it's really tricky and it might be one thing works one year and then another like has to change as the sport develops as the number of people who come to these things develop because right now we don't have that many people coming to watch it right like the number of people who travel cross country to come and support is relatively small compared to the number of players it's not outnumbering the number of players but you would hope in 10 years time maybe the number of audience members outnumbers the number of players that sounds like such a small hope but like you would hope that's something that we can reach where there's yeah. consistently more people watching it than there are playing it um, in at an international level. Um, and once we hit that level, then then that's you can't necessarily have the event happen in the same way that it is. I, it would be ridiculous to have it be run the same way. Yeah, so. I definitely think there's an appetite for for the spectator, and I guess that's that's why I'm raising it from my perspective because I'm sort of one of those people that tries and volunteers where they can to help out, but also kind of wants to go... good enough to be selected. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that. Um, but someone who just wants to go along and watch as well. Um, God, that. Jeez. Um, yeah, some of us can't own an international cap. Get over it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, marry, marry an interesting person. God will marriage. We're bringing up relationship status again. Great. Um, <laughs> I can't painful. say shit on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just can't. He's I so just, thrown. I'm just, I just can't. Like, what the fuck? <sighs> but yeah, as someone who will go along because they want to spectate, they want to watch, um, or they want to help out. There will be times where I want to go along and help out where I can. Like this year, there'll be some times where, you know, for the sake of this podcast, for example, I just want to go along and I'll watch, uh, I want to watch. Or I want to take um, photos from a media point of view, but not from an EDF media point of view. Um, and it's, you know, where's, you know, it's weird that this is like potentially the first this might come up because it, it's going to come up in eventually. You might, at some point, some newspapers are going to want to come along and say, hey, you've just thrown a massive dodgeball event. Um how you know what's what's the roles for press to be able to come in and and take a few interviews and 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 photos and whatnot so i imagine those things will come into it as well but then you know this this gala yes (laughs) um but yeah for the for the gala as well is like you know for those people that want to come along and and have a party afterwards as well like i think if people in the bd community because i think there's a lot of people who like the international side of things um organize themselves to uh get together especially for worlds i am so down for this like i am 
not volunteering for anything for Worlds at the moment. So I'm very much looking forward to just going and enjoying to watch. If there are other people out there in uh, BD, like in in the UK or anywhere who like just wants to go to Graz and go watch uh, World Dodgeball and wants to organise like a big group of spectators, let's do it. Um, because why wouldn't you want to go watch international dodgeball? It's going to be awesome. The amount of people there, um, what we're going to be able to watch, the the level of dodgeball going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, it does bring into question, like, you know, after the after party, I'd love to be able to mingle with some of the players, but also totally respect, they've just played dodgeball for however many days and they're probably absolutely knackered. So might just want to enjoy celebrating with those that they've actually been competing against because that's the community of dodgeball. Um, Instead of Nick trying to find a wife so he can get on the international scene. <laughs> I mean, like, the more appropriate comment would be, like, Nick trying to get a cheeky interview for the podcast. No, 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 no. Nick trying to... Fucking hell. Like, wow. I you said yeah. Mingle, so... If, 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 everyone, like, if everyone didn't know, like, I am the person that gets absolutely roasted in every group chat ever. Music <laughs> like, is me and Zoe are in them. Yeah, yeah. Nine times out of ten because these assholes are in it and they're just... They're like, oh yeah, like, oh Nick's here, right? What's one thing we have common with Nick's friends? Oh, we all like to take the piss out of him. <laughs> Great, love you guys. Um, cool, love right, you. right. Well, fuck you guys then. Gala was great. Moving on. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess the the elephant in the room needs to be addressed. Um, I don't really know how to preface this, but. Uh, it wasn't the best, you know. In fact, I don't really know how to preface it at all. I'm gonna no, say, Zoe, go go ahead, please. Um, yeah, take the shovel out, my hand. I'm I'm gonna preface preface. How do you say that word? Pre preface. Preface <laughs> preface. I'm gonna do that to this by uh, saying what I'm about to say has nothing to do with my EDF role. I am very firmly taking my EDF hat off, and like anything I'm about to say for the next, I don't know, ten minutes or so, is not an official edf line it's not like anything to do with edf it's just me personally my experiences me as a player um gala was interesting <laughs> gala was yeah so at the gala there were a couple incidents of spiking um is the only way of putting it uh and this isn't the first time this has happened in dodgeball i don't think there was much transparency around it but it has potentially very likely happened at world champs as well um, so this is something, that's something that I didn't know. Apparently some people did know. I feel like I know so much about dodgeball and yet somehow that little nugget of information just completely passed me by. So that was one thing that happened at the gala. There were also issues too with people getting injuries at the gala, um, through broken glass, um, sort of, you know, broken glasses from, from the glasses people drinking were, were glass. Um, so obviously when you get drunk, people end up accidentally smashing glasses, and then if it's not cleaned up properly, someone will step on it and it will go into someone's foot or into someone's hand, as Sophia experienced. I hope she's okay now. <laughs> she seemed fine last time I saw her. Um, but yeah, there were a couple injuries like that, and then just in general quite high levels of intoxication at the gala as a whole, which always is the case, but um, potentially higher this time around. Though also, in some cases, it wasn't intoxication, right? So it's interesting. It's not something that you can... It is something that you can put at the foot of some people that, like, something like spiking, you can very firmly put that at the feet of some people who did it, but we don't know who they are. So beyond that, it's really hard to, like, 
put the blame on anyone in particular, and I don't think it's particularly productive to put the blame on anyone in particular um, for some of those things. Instead, the kind of response that's come out from EDF has been to set up a health and safety committee, which, in my opinion, as a non-EDF person, like I said, I'm saying this without my hat on, is massively overdue, and it's a really, really good thing to do. Um, World Dodgeball Federation is also, just before Euros, they put out a, a health thingy, like some kind of statement at one point that was guidelines on on advice um, to basically like safeguard health and safety uh, events. So it wasn't a, I don't think it was titled as a health and safety document, but it was essentially a health and safety document um, that specifically seems to focus around players on court. And the difference here between that and the health and safety committee, the reason that we're not just taking that file and, you know, putting it on our website and being like, and that's what we'll also do is because this is not just to do with players on court, it's to do with players off court at Euros as well as off court gala. Um, so there's a quite a lot of different areas of safeguarding there that really haven't been dealt with before because EDF's a growing organization and like it's only been around for 10 years. So it makes sense that this kind of like we didn't have a head of media until this year. So like <laughs> of course we didn't have a health and safety committee. But um yeah, massively overdue that that's happened and Hugely sad that something like this had to happen for it to occur, but equally very lucky that it wasn't something worse. Um, and I think it will create some really good discussions about player safety and, and especially women's safety, because that is something notable about the people who were victims at the gala is the, the, the large number of women. So there's an interesting issue there to do with... Um, you know, safeguarding specifically around di what different people require safeguarding-wise um, and different contexts of safeguarding. So lots of different areas to cover for Health and Safety Committee, and it's a very exciting committee that's still at the time of recording, and I imagine by the time we publish this, still um, open for applications. So absolutely apply for that. You don't have to be um, medically trained necessarily to join it. I think probably best if you've got some kind of a knowledge around health and safety, but you don't have to be a doctor, you don't have to be a nurse. You could be a health and safety practitioner or someone who's in some way involved in health and safety within your own job, or you could just be someone who's been a dodgeballer for a really long time, has some opinions on what you would have wanted, because a lot of us have probably had something happen to us, either on court or off court, in our dodgeballing careers, if you've been around for long enough, um, that you thought, you know, we should have had mops out to, to deal with that sweat earlier, we should have had... You know, we shouldn't have been playing on floors that were built that way. We shouldn't have been playing in these conditions, in this level of heat or in this level of cool. Like, there's so many different things to consider that all of us have probably had some experience if you've played for a few years where you thought, this isn't safe. Why are we doing this? I think anyone who's kind of knowledgeable about that stuff should uh, get in touch and get involved. The, the application is on pretty much every EDF platform, all the social media, or on the website. So... That's my piece. <laughs> yeah, no, um, definitely want to second uh, that in terms of like player safety. Um, it's good to see. We had a few messages after um, Euros from, from different people uh, being like, hey, you know, do we want to uh, get people on from the, uh, to the podcast that have uh, worked in health and safety and stuff like that to, to discuss this kind of thing? I think um, we, we'd love to talk about it at some point. Um, but at the moment, we just we don't really do interviews because we're just trying to get the episodes out as we can. We're lucky enough that we've actually organised ourselves to do this a month after Euros, um, so we're you know doing our best. But um, yeah, I think it's a blessing and a curse that because we're an amateur sport, we have all sorts of people there of different abilities. 
most people's data job um, isn't dodgeable. Um, but as a kind of a blessing of that is that sometimes we do and we were very lucky to have um, medically trained people at these events who were able to help out whilst not in their capacity, supposed capacity to, but have the knowledge and ability to help and guide um, guide people where needed to make sure that uh, things made a you know a, a better a better outcome than they potentially could have um and yeah it's horrible it, sorry go on yeah i was just gonna say like i i don't want to you know shout out the people who helped in that situation because it's not fair necessarily like it, it was a bad situation and i don't know who even wants to be known as having been in any way connected with it um but the the sort of people whose day jobs are as doctors and nurses who helped out on the scene uh the gala are incredibly like just absolute heroes uh and and we're really really indebted to them because it was a very very complicated and very tricky situation from what i've heard and just i don't know i i dread to think what would have happened if we didn't have that kind of community but also the fact that the community was willing to step up and, and did something and very proactively very actively like every single step after the gala it felt as if everyone wanted to help out as much as they could and try and get to the bottom of what happened and i think that's kudos to the community because it would have been quite easy for some people to just sort of i don't know rid their hands of it just sort of be like well it's just a bunch of silly people doing silly things you know we can just move on anyway you know what else has happened let's talk about other things it's like no we can't just immediately step away from it i think it is important to acknowledge that these things happened um but also really really amazing from the people who helped to to sort of continue to help after the the day of and continue to support and and sort of reach out so yeah, really indebted to those people personally, obviously for me as well. I think massively, massively indebted to those people. Um, I don't, I don't think I'll ever really find a way of thanking them enough. Yeah, no, th yeah, big thanks to to everyone who helped out there. Um, yeah, it it's sad to sad to see that what happened happened, but um, I'm glad that hopefully as a community we can grow from it. We can we can put safeguards in place and. Um, have those conversations as a community like you know it's uh it's a it's it's a thing about dodgeball that we love about the dodgeball family but realistically we know that someday the sport is going to be too big for us to call ourselves a family if a lot of us i think a lot of us dream of seeing dodgeball going you know i wouldn't say professional necessarily but we want it into the olympics like a lot of people want it in the olympics um and that's going to be a big sport if it gets into the olympics so um you know, if we, if people want to see the growth that the sport's going to have, then certain aspects of the sport as it currently is are going to have to change. And I think this is one of them where, um, you know, we're going to have to learn as we go along um, and we're going to have to try and do our best to make sure that we put the next, the right foot forward next. Um, and I definitely think this is, this is going in the right direction. So if you can and you have the ability to volunteer to help out in this kind of this situation and, you, and you, you're willing to input and dedicate some of your time to to make sure that more of these events can go on, um, whether it's from a health and safety com uh, committee position or just in general to help out with EDF, um, I'm sure that they'd be more than grateful to accept any, any contact um, and any uh, time that you're willing to spare to, even if it's just to discuss um, certain topics, I think it would be really great to see. So, yeah. Um, calling all dodgeballers um yeah let's get let's keep going with the sport <laughs> but yeah on to yeah yeah um on to cool. maybe more happier topics unless uh, there was anything else you guys wanted to go into on that 
Yeah, Colin, mm. you who was at the gala, what's your thoughts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Singling you out really right now. Really sad whenever I woke up to that message. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say, really. Mm. Cool. Fun times. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we've taken a month to do this podcast um let's put it that way um oh god but next next topic regionals um I say regionals uh it's, it's, it sounds like it almost put a shiver down my spine when you say regionals in terms of a bd perspective um but uh, <laughs> regionals there we go there's there's the bd shout out <laughs> um, yeah I knew that was gonna happen um but yeah region the the european regional championships um, so the North European Championship, the West European Championships, the Central European Championship. Um, I will not mention the Eastern European Championship because I don't think that's going ahead by the sounds of it. Um, but yeah, so we'll have three this year, whereas previously I think we only had two, the Northern and the Central. Um, the Central's always been pretty big from my understanding. It's been a pretty big championship. Um, quite a few countries going in, in into there. Um, but in terms of format, um, and this is where... I'm going to rely on the other two who've been around European dodgeball longer than I have, so know a bit better. Um, but regional championships, in brief, are more of an opportunity to get more players um, involved in the international scene, uh, playing more dodgeball, getting more teams to be able to develop their um, their national side by getting experience by playing international other international teams because at the moment there aren't many friendly international games because of the cost of uh, travel etc um especially for those of us that live on an island um but yeah this is an opportunity for more teams to grow and, and get the opportunity to play more but also still um have an impact in general because uh to be able to be crowned northern european champions western european champions central european champions is uh still a big thing so it's not the european championships and at the moment i don't think it has an impact on rankings um but i'm sure in the future as the sport grows the regional championships are going to become more important in terms of their place for the euros and maybe even worlds going forward so um yeah and the only thing to say is at the moment i believe the three are one is in norway in trondheim in april <laughs> um you have the western one which is in paris no it's not in paris it's in france somewhere <laughs> it's in urban urban which is where in france north south west east uh okay, i know it's in the french part um <laughs> in the french part yeah yeah it's uh, in that's not helpful that map just shows that it's it's in a land area of like it's not on a coast. Uh, I assume I it's east, but east. Oh, it's okay. outside. It's uh, it's outside of Paris. It's north okay. of Paris. Cool. Um, and that's in March, from memory. Yes, I think off the top of my head. Which is the Western European Championship, and yep. I have no idea where the central one is or when. It's in Ostrava, which is in Czech Republic. So the I've actually got all of them up. So um, Oban is my internet's really shit. Oban is on the 9th to the tenth of March. So that's the the Western European one in Oban in France, and then the Trondheim one is the thirteenth to the fourteenth of April, which is interesting. That one's taking place at the same time as an event called the Norwegian Dodgeball Festival, which is going to be a huge, 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 huge event. 
um, run by the Norwegians that's got just so many different things going on. Um, basically, the context of that is that you know how a lot of different countries have quite big, like they've got a version of dodgeball in their own country? Um, the version of that in a lot of the Scandinavian and I think just in general Nordic countries is Cannonball, which is I've never played it, but it's that's their variation, and that's why like the the Norwegians I think are quite good at foam is because I'm pretty sure Cannonball is played with a foam ball, but absolutely correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, so whenever so I took the piss and there's Nordic dodgeball, there's actually Nordic dodgeball. <laughs> there is actually Nordic dodgeball, yeah. yeah. Um, wow, which I don't man. think I, I don't think I jumped in to say that, but I was thinking it five times. <laughs> so cannonball is in um is like a big sport in Norway. It's kind of what you would play growing up in school. Um, and so they're hosting like a big, big, big cannonball competition, which will be mostly like locals, mostly Norwegians playing it. And then they've also got the NECs happening at the same time, and they've also got another a foam dodgeball competition happening at the same time, which is separate from the cannonball competition because it's a different rule set. So they've got a lot of different things happening. The foam one and the cannonball competition are both open for like registration because it's not national teams. So if you want to go to Norway at the same time as the NECs are happening, but you don't want to go all that way just to watch dodgeball, you could get a club together and go and enter like the foam version of the competition and then watch the cloth competition when you're not playing, basically, um, which is quite a good way of doing it. Um, but yeah, that should be absolutely massive. And then the Ostrava one is going to be um, the end of November. So it's November 30th and 1st of December. So it's after World Champs. It's the only regionals that isn't at the start, first half of the year. Um, and yeah, that's in Ostrava, which is in Czech Republic. Interesting. Good yeah. Yeah, that Trondheim one's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. New, I'm very excited. New Nation, Yes. New nation to uh, dodgeball. Obviously, Norway have done really well, uh, and go listen to our podcasts on each of the formats to understand our, our perspectives on how Norway have done. Um, but yeah, we've already given them a big shout out. Um, but yeah, to be stepping up and volunteering to host NECs in uh, the year after your first European Championship, um, and to also involve cannonball and foam, it just absolutely nuts. Um, so really excited to go see that. Um, and see how it goes. Um, yeah, going to be exciting. Yeah, I think it's it's immense from them, and I think it's you know it's an interesting position for them to be in, where they've got a lot of interest in something dodgeball like in their country, but they haven't converted it yet into dodgeball. And so, by hosting an event like this, where you've got both versions of the sport playing side by side, and you've got a very high level of competition being played, that should hopefully, from a Norwegian standpoint be a good time for all of those cannonball teams to look at it and go oh okay we could we could probably do that we can you know maybe mix in that into our sessions the same way that dodgeball teams here in the uk have started mixing like foam sessions into their regular sessions and over time that should naturally turn into a lot of players transferring because there isn't there isn't like an international cannonball scene really so like it could be a really good way of converting those players into international players and sort of moving them from being these casual uh sport players to being what we have in our system which is still casual but slightly less casual yeah fair yeah it's gonna be interesting um and yeah i totally agree because like obviously you know spain have their dodgeball scene which isn't mm. dodgeball um dodgeball. it's slightly different yeah well yeah it's yeah <laughs> it's weird because it's Spanish dodgeball. Is... <laughs> not yeah. dodgeball it's so confusing yeah um 
yeah, Spanish language is a fun one. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so like, I mean, every nation, I think, yeah, we have bench ball in the UK as well. Uh, a lot of people at schools go, oh, yeah, I play dodgeball. And then you ask them about it and it's like, no, it's actually bench ball. Yeah. Um, we so- have the same thing in Switzerland where we've recently sort of, we've, we've been trying to expand into the German speaking side of Switzerland because for those who don't know Swiss geography and Swiss culture, Switzerland speaks four different languages and the Swiss national team is currently just the French speaking side of Switzerland, which is the Western side. And we've been trying to grow into the German side. I say we. I don't live there. I haven't been helping. <laughs> um, I've done nothing to help. But um, in general, this is you helping. Really... This is me helping. This is me mentioning it to the ten people that will listen to this. Um, <laughs> no, the 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 Swiss guys have been trying really well to like push it into the German speaking side of the country because that is the majority of Switzerland is is Swiss German speaking. That's the biggest language. And the interesting thing that they've uncovered as they've done this is that there's quite a large section of the community that plays its own version of dodgeball that is not what we call dodgeball, and they don't call it dodgeball either. It's completely evading me right now. Volkerball. It's the that's like the German name for it. I think the Austrians have a the Austrians have to keep telling people who want to join Austrian league dodgeball that it's not the same as Volkerball. Um, so the Germanic countries, Germany would have the same issue. All have this version of the sport. And so it poses this very interesting problem where, like, you want to convert people into this sport, but they literally haven't heard of the term dodgeball. Whereas at least for Anglophone countries, then you have that benefit of the dodgeball film, which really popularized the term dodgeball. And so it's a it's a touchstone. And even if you haven't played dodgeball, you know that dodgeball and benchball are pretty similar, whereas having to introduce that term to people is quite tricky. So when you have events like this where you can actually, like, get people to look at something that they're not familiar with and they can go oh yeah no i am actually familiar with that that's exactly the same as this other thing i do then it, it's a really good way of recruiting um so not, hopefully we should get some good stuff from that not not to shout out your work even more but this is why it's like having events like this where we get amazing coverage and on the ground footage and photos that we're able to put out there to cover i know you know outside of this um there's already been uh, coverage of the, the the EDF final um, on TikTok and, and Instagram Reels and stuff of uh, from current influencers sh- sharing their like opinion of what's happened from a sports uh, perspective. Just being like, "Whoa, this is really cool!" Look at you know, there's actually two teams playing this on an international level. I think that's like to say that it's an international sport as well um it's so good like i was listening to the, the other day the um in the in the heights no wait i can't remember not in the heights that's in the heights, no. that's that's i can't remember what it's called what's it called <laughs> save me uh new heights that's it which is the uh the kelsey brothers uh nfl podcast and they were talking about dodgeball on there funnily enough um they were talking about what's what's kids favorite uh like PE sport um yeah like uh for non-english speakers PE physical education it's like the gym class um sport. yeah um the sports session at school and they were like dodgeball without a doubt at the top and like then they were arguing over the rest of them but they were like dodgeball's number 1 and they did say that when that went to foam that fun went out of it completely which is interesting to hear and i'm just like well we have plenty of other great balls to choose from um <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> um, cloth cloth is cloth is awesome. But uh, yeah, no, just like getting that conversion from loads of different people to like unify dodgeball is the is the sport. There is a thing that exists, um, and you know it's more than just a film. 
Um, but yeah, regionals yeah, is going to be really interesting. Yeah, regionals is going to be really interesting this year. Um, especially seeing now that we've got Western and, and Northern is seeing the home nation, the home nations, the British, the British Isles um, play as different nations in different competitions outside of just themselves and Sweden, which I think was pretty much what the NSC was before, which was the British Isles plus Sweden. Um, whereas I think now we've got, you know, with Portugal and Spain being there, the Western European Championships have Wales, uh, England, France, Belgium. Scotland split out into NECs instead of WECs. Yeah. So you split the nations up. And as Northern, Northern Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Very cool. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it should be interesting. And yeah, like you said, so it's it's... I think nations are allowed up to three teams in each category, which is a really interesting way of structuring things because it, it tends to mean that you see a lot more development players coming through. Um, and so that's, cool. it makes it a very interesting competition to watch from that mm. side of things, especially because not not just like it lets development players play, but it also encourages nations that don't have development programs to create a development program. Um, so that's that's the other plus side to it is like having a competition like that makes you sit back and go, okay, can we get two teams? Can we even get three teams? Um, if you're a small nation that's that's only got like eight players normally, then then you look at it and you're like, okay, we might not be able to, but we've got a few months. We could try and drag it together. And that effort of dragging those people into the sport then means that you know after the competition, you've got all these players that you didn't have before. Yeah. So it's just kind of an, an extra little motivator to to get people to to be involved and to come along to things because usually what happens is you go to one euros and you're like yep that's me sold i'm stuck in this sport forever now <laughs> true <Yeah. laughs> like our equivalent in the uk is we went to you know our first league meets but if you consider a lot of these countries don't have a lot of countries in europe don't have their own league systems yeah. um so they're just sort of playing against themselves the whole time so this for some countries is the equivalent of going to your first proper league meet and looking around you and going oh wow this is taken seriously this is a proper thing um, so being able to give that experience to more people is really, really good because it generates a, a higher number of people in these countries that are struggling to actually get even one team together most of the time. Yep. Yeah, no. Big fan. I, but yeah, big fan. And I think also seeing how that's going to impact Worlds as well because um, Worlds being in Europe, we've got so many countries in Europe that would be willing to play. Um, I think we've said in other podcasts, I'll be amazed if so many, or we'll all be amazed if so many um, teams didn't try and uh, go to Worlds this year because it's in Austria. Uh, mainland Europe is relatively easy for a lot of people to get to, so I imagine there'll be a lot of people, a lot of European interest to play, um, as well as uh, all the other big nations outside of Europe, uh, the the typically foam nations coming along to to play as well um obviously worlds i believe still has the cloth and foam uh formats will be played um so there'll be six titles up for grabs um so yeah like i imagine that would be really useful for the regionals to then you know train up some players or try new formats try new tactics um to then take to worlds um and or just say hey this is regionals uh let's get a bunch of new players on and uh, let's do home training with the the people that we're focusing on for world so um i ju it just only not to be eurocentric but benefits the europeans a lot that they've got all this competition i know that um america have just or will be having soon the american cup which is with uh organized between usa canada mexico argentina and Chile, I want to say. 
Um, God, the memory is unbelievable there from you, mate. <laughs> I, I could be, I could be absolutely bullshitting my way through that, but I think that's who's in it. Um, but yeah, just to have like a, a I think it's in being held in Argentina. Um, but you know, seeing them doing that, obviously the uh, Southeast Asia has had dodgeball <laughs> tournaments galore over there. Um, so they, you know, they have their their set up pretty well sorted there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they all come together in 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 Graz next year. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm so gutted I couldn't go to Edmonton last year, but oh, this is yeah. I'm hopefully going to be there in Graz, and yeah, looking forward to seeing the, the event. Yeah, I'm definitely definitely going to go either either as a player or as a spectator slash volunteer for sure. I'm going to play. Yeah, stick it in there. <laughs> Right, that's yeah, such yeah. a massive assumption. But... <laughs> yeah, see, whenever you end up with a knee injury like me, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just remember, Zoe, you can always make their phone team. <laughs> that's true. I don't know if I can. I don't play Volkable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. I, I mean, I am looking forward to going along and seeing, like, what is this phone business in person? Because, like, you know, I've seen it at BD. Uh, but yeah, but we don't right. play foam. It's not real. Like it's not proper foam. Let's be honest. Let's go watch the I teams that actually foam, play it properly. It's not real. It can't hurt you. That's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. Oh, oh god. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what that's about, and also just to speak to people who are actually passionate about foam. Um, we're very sheltered and very um you know biased towards cloth we talk to a lot of people who like cloth and european championships is amazing but it's all cloth um so it'll be interesting to speak to people who love foam and to try and understand their perspective of why foam's so great um but yeah i'm really looking forward to that and um like i said Anyone wanting to go to just watch and spe- uh, spectate, let's organise a group of us. Let's get going, um, and yeah, we'll, we can go and have a have a good time there. Because uh, yeah, let's 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 pack the stands with spectators. Why not? Nick just wants friends. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> right, next topic. Um, DMs are open, folks. <laughs> <laughs> sets Instagram account to private. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, um, yeah, Worlds is going to be good. I don't really know what else to say for that because I'm just really hyped for it. So, um, I don't, yeah, it's going to be a bit weird because it's WDBF ran, not EDF ran, and it's going to be a big dodgeball tournament in Europe. So it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, we've just seen a massive effort from, uh, you know, Zoe yourself for, for organizing the, the media and stuff and how the media went out beforehand. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how media is handled for, Worlds, who is organising that? What group of volunteers they've got? Um, I know it was... I, I can't remember who mentioned it, but um, the refereeing, obviously, is different in Worlds. Um, seems that they had a bunch of volunteers for centre refs and line refs, um, which this year meant that at Euros, we, I think, trialled starting with just two centre refs and one volunteer ref from each nation whereas before we've had five volunteer refs from each nation and i think that very quickly got asked to be changed back to have five volunteer refs because we want line lots of line refs um so it'd be interesting to see how wdbf or what happens in austria whether austria turn out a huge number of volunteer refs or 
will be pushing more towards the um, alignment with with EDF. Same with rules. I know the rules were set up last year in WDBF quite last minute in many respects. So some rules were just sort of shoehorned in there because it kind of matches foam and the the um, sports hall that it was played in. But being hosted in a cloth nation, I wonder if the walls the rules will be more European style rules than they will be um, foam style because that ricochet catch rule is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit overpowered. You don't need to make catches any more powerful than they are. I'm sorry. They're already, they're already pretty damn powerful. I get it in foam, just not a cloth. Just don't. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Euros? Euros. We just did that. <laughs> got three podcasts new on it, euros. <laughs> new, new euros yeah 2025 euros um yeah we can shut up about croatia now it's all about ireland yeah baby right colin yeah. as our as our um you know diversity hire no no you've kept um... that quiet <laughs> so anyway Right, oh. so where do we where, right. are we, where are we start from? Ireland, Ireland Euros. You are Irish, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> you have been assigned. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, believe it. Believe it or not, I am. Um, you talk about it more. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm really annoyed that the iron flag isn't in my background right now. <laughs> It's gone for a green so get it. as well with the razor and the Irish top, like you know. Yeah. This yeah. is the this is the OG headset I wore in our very first episode. I might have actually also worn this T-shirt in our first episode. I don't think about it. <laughs> Look at this. I'll fact check that later. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I honestly don't know anything about say, the. Where is it? Come on, you've got to know everything about you it. Are, You're Irish. I want to say I've heard that it might be in Limerick. It is in Limerick. I, yes. Oh, I've nailed it! See, I'm in the know. Um, that's about I all I know. That. I think they've they've booked the hall. They might not have booked the hall, but they're. I'm pretty I'm sure. Pretty sh- I'm pretty sure I've heard that. I yeah, think they've that's... booked the hall. They've got the dates. Like they are. Yeah, on um, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the case. I mean, who would have? It might have even been. Like... Might have even been you that told me this. To be perfectly yeah. honest with you. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a pretty damn good sports hall. So. Yes, yes it is. It was, um, funnily enough, where the European uh, Flying Disc Federation held their Euros this year. What are you talking about? <laughs> what is I that? Ultimate, ultimate Frisbee. Don't, ultimate don't, frisbee. Don't, 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 let him, don't let him go off on this tangent. Do not let him go off on this tangent. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, this is not valid. <laughs> we said this would be a 45-minute episode. We're about two hours deep. <laughs> right? okay. We are an hour and 15 minutes in. Go. It feels like two hours, right? Okay. Yeah, I was, I was being dramatic. Okay. Um, but yes, Euros in Ireland, um, all booked in from what I'm, I'm aware of, um, and it should be a very good affair. Um, the Irish know how to party, um, at the, at the very least. So it should be a, should be a good weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, being on home turf. Hope, hopefully, um, I'll be a, I'll be a player. I'd like the. <laughs> I like to think I, will, I won't be a broken man um, and not make the squad. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, perfectly honest. Oh, by the way, did I mention that I'm Irish? <laughs> Could have fooled me. <laughs> this would have mattered. 
Why are we even friends? <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> God, Nick, we're always so nice to you. Why are you being so rude? I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm, such, I'm just a mean person to people at times. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I say interesting. That's basically my phrase for this podcast, isn't it? Um, we were discussing before about uh, with more teams wanting to join, we've now had Portugal um, show up. So, you know, more teams wanting to join the European Dodgeball Federation, um, whether or not more teams will be appearing. Uh, at the moment, we've got 19 as our number of teams that have appeared. The rules have capacity for more. Um, but realistically, how much more can the European Championship hold before we have to, you know, think of things like a day off in between? Because um, I imagine we're at four days straight, but five days straight of dodgeball might actually be considered torture. Um, but yeah, like those kind of things on, you know, the practicalities of running an event like this, it could be very long, it could be very tiring. Um, do we have to use things like the regional leagues to um, categorise who can who can get into um, the European Championships um, and stuff like that? I think that'll be an interesting conversation coming up in the future about how that works and the future of European structured dodgeball, maybe. Cool. Good topic. Yeah, good like chat. <laughs> Sorry, go I, on. Assume so. I assume so. I was going to chip in there. <laughs> uh, I, just, I think it's it's one of those questions that has to be dealt with at some point, and I'm very glad, yet again, similar with the Health and Safety Committee, that it's not me that has to make these decisions. Um, I'm excited to see what Matteo decides. Good luck, Matteo. Um, yeah, it's, it definitely has to be, huh? I was just saying, I love Mateo. We do, we do love Mateo so much. Mateo is amazing. Mateo, yeah. like Jesus Christ, the amount of work that man put into Euros is incredible. Hero, um, absolute hero of the sport. But yeah, so at some point he'll probably have to, you know, cross that bridge. Um, and it's interesting, like the the way that the sport has grown pretty much exponentially means that it could come very very soon, especially now that we've got two year gap again before the next year is it's yeah. you know, back to the standard two year gap so the level that we could grow in the next two years considering the number of nations we've already got the provisional members that could grow into full members in those two years um, it might well be a question that has to be answered ahead of next year's or it might be one that comes up right after next year's but I would be surprised if it took any longer than that really it's um it's really immense the way the sport's growing at the moment so I can't see it slowing down yeah, and the fact that you're already at a stage where you've got a four-day tournament that has matches literally going for 11 hours straight for three of the days is really fucking impressive. Like, um, and, you had, and you had five courts running at one stage. Uh, I was going to say, that's the like, thing. For like, like 90% of the day. We had five courts this time. University of Limerick, I think, has eight as its potential capacity for courts. And like that's amazing. But we're still planning on running it as a four... At the moment, we're planning on running a four-day tournament, I think, still. And that's like... At some point, that's just not enough time to run that many matches. It's like, yeah, 100%. It's also like more, more courts aren't going to resolve it, right? Because like we were talking today about, um, you know, like mix being a development or people not, you know, having players that play across mixed. If you have more courts, yeah, you might be able to get more competition uh more competition going but we already had a situation this year where two different um segments of the tournament were played on at the same time on two different courts 
more courts is just going to mean that that's going to happen more frequently and with the fact that you don't get the same exponential growth in each different segment means that we're going to have different um different uh categories playing more than others so um yeah there will have to be a point where some you know we're going to have to stay an extra day over maybe even two days over uh at wherever euros is held because it's just getting that big which i'd love like honestly i think that'd be fantastic like having more time downtime between matches um would be great in my opinion like having a day to yeah, rest where as long people as can just like yeah, if you're gonna go down that route, it's it's gotta be that you're giving people more like not more games to play. Yes, like that is the big concern because like obviously we're all human playing like an intense sport, um, and a very tired like doing one day of like twelve hours like knackers you out. Like having to do that across four, five, six days, it's a, it's a lot to ask for, and plus every like it's not a professional sport, so getting that amount of time off work to yeah. To play the sport is it's not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, there's a lot of things to consider, you know. Like I, I could see it going down the route of having to eventually have to qualify through your regional leagues to get into Euros and yeah. then have like a smaller tournament where you can like potentially if you have like the space for it, run like an invitational on the side. So you have like two tournaments running um simultaneously. Um, Which would... might well be the way that the WEC is run this year. They're kind of talking about testing out a format there. And again, this is not confirmed, so it may not happen, but it is something that's been discussed. So I do think it's okay to talk about it publicly on the podcast because it's not something that's in the back rooms. It's all the managers have been talking about it. Um, but basically this idea of, of structuring it as the first teams have one competition, everyone else has a different competition. Um, and so that could be a structure that we look at for regional competitions going forward, where it's like, if it is a, a competition that's to qualify, then there's no point having your twos and your threes in the same competition, because that doesn't yeah. tell you anything. You can't have a team qualifying multiple times. So at that point, it's best to separate out the first teams into one category, use that as qualification, and everyone else plays their own tournament. I think there's yeah, makes sense. very... And, and this is kind of moving on to the next topic as well, is I think there's a very reasonable horizon happening where um, EDF will have to approach WDBF at some point to establish an international calendar. Um, because, yeah, we've agreed. Like, it sounds so stupid to say, yeah, we've agreed we'll have Euros one year and Worlds another year. And that makes sense. And we'll have, you know, regional championships you know, during that year that Worlds is on. Um, but on top of that, the sport is growing so rapidly and at the club level as well, um, we're seeing more and more international opens occurring. Um, spoken about a bit briefly on the podcast before, but I would not be surprised if there is a European club circuit that appears Um because we've already got regular um, attendees to some of these events, um, namely Warwick Eliminated, um, and uh, MK have turned up a few times, and a few other um, sort of touring clubs or touring teams, shall we say. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more of that. And I think to make it fair for all nations, we're going to have to have some sort of you know schedule. Like at the moment, we've got regional uh, national league for England 
the same weekend as the North Northern European Championship, which doesn't really affect England directly because they're in the Western European Championship. But there are Scottish and Irish players that are playing in the English leagues that will have to take that weekend off. And that is a sixth of your National League gone that you're not going to be able to attend, which may affect selection. Um, so that's a really tough place to be. So I think there does have to be some serious conversation about when's protected time for National Leagues, uh, you know, your domestic National League um, throughout Europe, when's uh, club competition internationals allowed, um, and when is, you know, the international windows. I know at the moment we're a volunteer base, so getting a sports hall at all anywhere at any time to host a national competition is pretty damn impressive. But maybe some general window saying this month will likely have a, or these two months are likely to have, like, you know, having the beginning of the year for regional, uh, European regionals, and then summer for the Worlds might be, you know, a direction that they go in the future. Because this year, bizarrely, you know, the National League for England is after Christmas. Um which has left all this dead space, which was fine because Euros was in October. But um, for those that are not in Euros, what else was there to do? Um, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, just some thoughts to throw out there. Lots of yeah. thoughts. It's one of those things where it will come down to how much communication we can have between nations. And at the moment, there's just the communication level is pretty bad, I would say. It's about as good as you can expect it to be. But you know, when you consider that a lot of these countries haven't had national teams for a while, then it's it's really difficult to get communication between nations. And then when you consider that on top of communicating with WDBF who have their own nations and within that structure there are other nations that are also not very good at communicating. At the moment the sport really needs to fix that and be a lot better at communicating with each other because we can't we don't coordinate things and there's a lot of things that could be coordinated better. But you A, need someone to take take a step up and start coordinating things, and B, you need everyone else to step up with them and help them with coordinating that. There's not really much point in someone saying, oh, I want to coordinate this, I want to you know, make sure that this doesn't overlap or whatever, if they can't then get communication from, from the people that they need. So it's an, interesting, it's an interesting problem. On that note, one of the things that I've got is, which, positive note, good note. I'm talking in a weirdly like aggressive voice because it's one in the morning. It's not one in the morning, it's 12. My laptop's on the wrong time zone. Um, it's midnight. <laughs> you had me so worried there. <laughs> it's midnight and I'm really tired. But yeah, basically, um, one of the good things that I'm working on at the moment, and I do need a little bit more help and communication from people, if not just nations, like generally people, is for EDF. I'm trying to get together essentially weekly posts that will go out on probably Fridays or maybe Thursdays. Um recapping what dodgeball will be live streamed so what what european league dodgeball is going to be live streamed that weekend so that way we can start to kind of you know encourage people to to watch in other like country other countries leagues that they don't necessarily have an awareness for and also so many of us are just sat around bored on weekends where we're not playing so you might as well just watch another league if anyone listening does know about a league that is being streamed even if i've probably already heard about it just let us know um because there are you know, there's only so much information I can gather, and I've gathered quite a bit of information, but some of the smaller leagues or some of the smaller streams, like if you've got a club that's streaming something instead of the organizing body, then that's still a useful stream to have. Um, so, like, you know, just, just get in touch if you're aware of any streams that are expected to happen. Um, just kind of reach out, and, and that way I can add them to this 
calendar because while it looks pretty damn good and it should be a really useful tool for a lot of people, it's only as good as the people who step up with me, basically. So if anyone else can help out, please help me out. I'm dying. Is that is that via the EDF channels, just to be clear? Um, yeah, I or, mean, either way, yeah. yeah Reach okay. out we, we, we can pass the information on from the Catch Me Out channel, obviously, but... It's always banned from the CNO uh, <laughs> socials. <now. laughs> <laughs> what you can catch me directly is... Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you're wondering where on earth all the memes have gone... Um, <laughs> I'm busy! We, we are all, we're all busy, and uh, yeah, um, you know, we, we're all doing our best for the sport, so... Um, yeah, if you do have any thoughts on that, um, please, yeah, get in touch with with Zoe, um, but we can also pass it on from a catching out perspective as well. So, um, so many yeah. exciting things happening though. Like I've got from that calendar, I've got a preview of certain things that haven't even been announced yet. And there's just huge amounts of very, very exciting international dodgeball that's happening outside of what EDF organizes that sort of club level or even national leagues or between nations leagues as well, which is an interesting one. Um, so like, like joint national leagues, which is an interesting new addition. But yeah, there's some some exciting stuff on the horizon that should be announced in the next few weeks. So very excited. Yeah. There is there is an app as well that someone a web app that someone's done to be like, where do I find dodgeball? Which is more of a general like, you know, if I want to go play dodgeball in a new country, where can I go play it? Um, but that's pretty barren at the moment. Um, so if you are playing any dodgeball, that might be a good place to do it because um, yeah, it's you know. One of the reasons why we have the podcast is that we love talking about dodgeball. We know a lot of the people in dodgeball like talking about dodgeball. Um, so let's, you know, let's talk about it um, and let's try and share the sport as much as we can. And I think we've lost Zoe. Yes. I'm back. Let's that was horrible. Go. Let's go. So Just after that horrific, it. horrific edit, we're back. <laughs> um Nothing happened at all, nothing whatsoever. Definitely not random Windows updates calling, pro causing problems and, and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, we were talking international opens uh, and, and league streaming and getting in touch with Zoe if you have anything to uh, say about where uh, Dodgeball can be watched or how Dodgeball can be watched um, from anywhere. Um, so if you are a nation playing dodgeball or someone streaming, or if you're just a friend of someone who plays dodgeball and you're streaming for them, let Zoe know so we can see what's going on. And I did sort of talk about the uh, where you're playing map, but um, yeah, I don't have the link for that. You're going to have to go search it, Google it. I don't know. It exists somewhere on the internet, interwebs. Um, but yeah, we're going to wrap up the episode um, with, uh, yeah, final thoughts. Um and just general request, at least from me, anyway. Um, the other two can disagree and agree with me if they, if they want. But in general, if you want to help out or let us know what is going on about dodgeball in your area, whether it's in the UK or whether it's in, in Europe, the rest of Europe, let us know. You see, this is the bloody dancing I'm talking about. This is what they do during the intro scene when you guys can't see them. Um, I don't think you can get away with it. Um, like, yeah, wow. Um, yeah, get in uh, contact if you if if you're interested about dodgeball and you've got dodgeball news for us because um, we want to share the news as much as possible so as many other people can hear um, so we can try and get things like uh, more people involved in uh, the Paris Open in UDO um, or in you know the the trophy which was in Pisa any more of these opens and competitions that are going on um, 
you know, let us know what dodgeball's going on in your area. And if you're in the British dodgeball region of dodgeball, um, this is a request to you people is one, thanks for getting this far into the podcast. Um, we are absolutely shattered. Um, but yeah, uh, we know that leagues have been split up for the UK side of things. So there is a North and South for National League now uh, for the men's side. Um, we are three Northerners, unfortunately. Um, so we are limited in what we can watch, which is the same problem for Mixed. So if you wish to send in updates and information um, or even would like to be on the podcast to just talk about these different leagues, let us know and we can figure out a plan of action. I'm not promising anything, but like we general sort of optimistic output for the uh, podcast is we like to talk about things that we get to go and watch because then at least we feel like we kind of know what we're talking about, even though we never really do. Um, but we definitely can't bullshit our way through a podcast about something we didn't go and watch. So if you do have thoughts um, and you have updates for us, if you have content for us to watch or even a voice note to drop us, get get in contact. Um, best way is probably through uh, the Instagram channel. Um, but yeah, uh, and one day we will get the Discord up and running as well. So we will have a nice, lovely forum there as well. But yeah, that was a big request from me um, to anyone who may be listening. But yeah. If we can make it work, we will make it work. <laughs> if yes. we can't, then we shan't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody can knock us for, for trying, at least. Yeah, we want to want to give as much of a voice to Dodgeball as we can. Because, uh, again, we know everyone talks about Dodgeball who plays Dodgeball. You guys can't shut up about it. But you're not very good about talking about it on social yeah, media. You and guys. get other people to talk about it. Just outing us all there. Um, oh, you guys are awful. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> We're so much better because we have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Not where I was going with it, but okay. (laughs) Oh, we're just better in general. Yeah, fair, fair. No, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Zoe. Speak for yourself. (laughs) I know my place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's at the EDF table. Um... (laughs) The hat's still off, Nick. (laughs) Oh, okay, that's a lot, that's a lot. To be fair, she's not wearing her EDF media uh, top, so, you know, that's fair. I am wearing my catching out hoodie, so, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's go. Like merch that does not exist. Merch does not, one of one, baby. Um, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, please get in contact, let us know. Please like and subscribe. Um, we really want to see the podcast keep growing, and we want to we want to get this podcast to reach as many people as possible and get as many new people into Dodgeball. Um, I don't know what that hideous... Uh, edit was because that completely caught me off guard um but yes please like and subscribe (laughs) um we are way too tired to be talking about this at 20 past midnight um but yes please like and subscribe uh keep an eye out for all the other podcasts go like and subscribe on edf because they've got more content coming your way and so do the neutral zone so keep an eye out for all of that but yes until the next episode hey peace